So just like the meditator, the meditation and the object of meditation can become one, which is the goal of meditation, which is known as Samadhi. When the Dhyata, the Dhyan and the Dhyaya become one, the meditator, the meditation and the object of meditation. Just like that can become one. Similarly, the creator and the creation are one. We can experience it through meditation. The source of that nectar is the vast emptiness from which nectar and bliss rises, like in the story of Samudra Mantra in the Puranas. So oneness is something that can be experienced. The deep Tratakam is also about oneness. can also lead you to inner meditation in which your concentration is drawn inwards in a spontaneous way. Flow with the spontaneity and ignore thoughts if any. When things stabilize inside, you become still and dwell inside a particular area. When things stabilize inside, you become still 
and dwell inside in a particular area. There is nothing to do. Again, this is a place where three become one. The meditator, the meditation and the object of meditation. So you live that. You are that. live that state. You are that state. This is what Deep Tratakam teaching is. Attain stillness in a flickering lamp. Your inner lamp flickers when you meditate with eyes closed. Do not try to create, expect, see, visualize any light, color, or form inside until you are suggested so by your good. It is easy to create dreams in the day, but they are not real. We must work on that science which explores the inner anatomy, sharpens our wisdom Awareness brings self-control, calmness develops common sense, activates our higher intelligence and improves our perception of the outer world by leaps and bounds. It can also activate that which is the truth itself. The truth gives us peace, bliss, and at the same time expresses itself through us and our faculties in the form of sounds, words, drawings or geometry, writings, independent sharings, love, stillness, and it is the polar opposite of imagination and does not comment or create theories based on ideas. Truth accepts the fruit and the filth as a reality, but not the ultimate reality. Truth can witness both. We must have love, purity, compassion, and that will help, but not necessary that it will change the situation much. So we must have patience and above all, be detached from both karma and fruit. Lord Krishna tried to stop the battle, negotiate as a mediator, but the prince did not listen and battled happened and battle happened in which millions died. He was a witness to all of this as a charioteer. As the battle was about to begin, he shared the Gita with Arjuna. He told him, Path, do your duty as a warrior, staying detached, because your 
not fighting is not going to stop the battle, the sins that are going to happen. So do your duty to the best of your ability. Krishna witnessed a lot. He also performed his duties and it is said that through thick and thin the smile never left his face. It was a smile and a state of pure bliss, ultimate bliss, ultimate ecstasy, the expression of the ultimate truth. You will find similar stories of all fantastic messengers, be that of Jesus, Nanak, Buddha or any of the others. So we can only say that obviously there are lots of possibilities being discussed today in the world about proof of ancient civilizations with technology, the possibility of advanced science, the possibility of spacecrafts or UFOs that were there and are there even now, the proof of Yeti, the Bigfoot, the possibility of aliens visiting Earth, the possibility of human beings coming from another planet, the possibility of getting access to the potions of immortality or long life, the possibility of aliens being some lords or angels, the possibility of our progress in science related to aliens, etc. etc. But isn't all of this challenge? And it's getting crazier as people are imagining things everywhere. All nonsense has broken loose now in the name of these things. Does it matter if Adam and Eve came from another planet or created in some laboratory? Cloning and test tube babies are a reality, isn't it? Anyways, the entire creation is somebody's expression, isn't it? We know how our bodies took shape in the laboratory of our mother's womb. Suppose a person leaves his village for the city. Aren't bodies in a galaxy like that? Suppose a person leaves his village for the city. Aren't bodies in a galaxy like that? What difference does it make? Stop chasing possibilities outside that are way beyond your reach and explore the possibility within. The possibility within is the ultimate. You know there are these old stories and scriptures in which fantastic beings come in their own ways, appear in front of meditators, sages, seers, communicate with them and then disappear or go back. The seers never were intimidated and behaved in routine manner. Both exchanged normal salutations and greetings. Many times they would also come to seek the wisdom, consultation of the seers. Obviously in our scriptures in those days, 
These beings were doing a lot of work for human welfare on this planet. And they also had to fight battles with the sinful parties or Asuras. Having said that, Devdas did not necessarily come in Vimanas or spacecraft, but most of them appeared and disappeared. They could travel through sky, walk upon water, and could increase or decrease their size, had powerful weapons, looked beautiful, blessed people, could change their form and mix among normal human beings, and most of them appeared in human form, more beautiful, smiling, blessing, and so on. Their language was Sanskrit. These incidents have been recorded in the Puranas. There are Siddhis such as Lagima, Garima, Anima, etc. Many yogis and yoginis have attained Siddhis, but Siddhis belong to the material plane only. Everyone has truth within, and that is the goal of being human. First to seek, then to explore, and finally to live that, the ultimate truth.